morning, everyone. Runza, first reading uh, is very stern, um, where the prophet says, he's telling us, this is what is close to God's heart. Uh, do not treat people terribly. Do not extort from them. In particular, the list that is in this, that first reading, uh, were those who were impoverished, those who were at a disadvantage. Uh, but Jesus will go on to say, anyone, any person. And uh, he said, this angers God. And the repercussions of it is severe, we heard. I mean, it was very stern. Our second reading, Paul is talking to the Thessalonians. And in all things, under great suffering and under persecution, and in good times, they remained faithful to the Father in Jesus' name. And Paul's saying, you've done very well. And you've become the example to the others about how to go about doing this. So he's encouraging them, even though he says, what else can we say? <laughs> Good job. My friends, in our gospel, Jesus is asked, and it was set up as a trap. Uh, it was an argument of the time, and Jesus, they, were, they always argued about all the 613 laws and which one was the most important, which one do you have to? And the different uh, religious authorities fought about the Pharisee scribes. And, um, and just prior to uh, this gospel, the, the event that happens in the gospel, Jesus has just got done arguing with another group of them about the resurrection. This group didn't believe in it, and he argues with them, and he kind of of course, he's the son of God, so he wins the argument. <laughs> and he moves down the road, and down the road, the other group's waiting for him. And I thought, oh, how did you do it, Jesus? I know you're the son of God, but how did you put up with this nonsense? I mean, just a mile down the road, another group picks a fight with you. And they ask him, of all the laws, which ones are the greatest? And they're hoping that he makes a mistake. And he puts two great laws that they understand from the book of Deuteronomy and from the book of Leviticus. Jesus, on the one hand, says nothing new, but he does something different with them. He ties them together. And ultimately, he says, you cannot love my father if you hate people and you treat them that way. You will never be able to love my father the way you should because of this. This is what was new for them. They didn't like it, so they would do this to him eventually. And so, my friends, we look at this, and of all the laws that Jesus could have pulled from, he takes two of them that have the word love in it. Love. With the first one, Jesus tells his listeners that they must love God with all their heart and with all their mind and with all their souls, with all their reasoning. Uh, for the Jewish people, this is known as the Shema. And uh, when I was in Israel, all the hotels are kosher. And so uh, because of that, the doors of the hotel rooms have a mezuzah on them. And inside of it is the Shema. 
this prayer. And that was one of the first things I noticed in the hotel when I got to my room. I was like, oh, the mezuzah. And what the Jewish people do is they tap it when they enter, remembering the prayer, and they're supposed to tap it when they leave. So you know what I did. Tap, 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 tap. I was tapping for all the people who forgot to tap. Tap, 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 tap. And my friends, uh, last night I joked and a parishioner afterwards, Father, you know, sometimes with your humor, sometimes I think people won't understand and they'll yell at you. And I'm like, I think my people understand. Father is kind of quirky with his humor. And what he was getting at, I said, uh, the, there's 613 laws and a lot of them were food. Uh, you can't have this, you can't have this. And so when I was in Israel, I was in the hotel and it's kosher. So I saw a menu, I had pizza, and I said, I like to have pizza with pepperoni. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, they, and I said, well, and I knew. I was like, pepperoni. And they're like, Jews and Muslims don't eat pork. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, yeah, but Jesus said it was okay. Shh. And it got worse. There were two restaurants in the hotel. One was on a lower, one was a higher. And they had to separate dairy from meat. So they said, if you want that pizza, you have to go down there. If you want the burger, you have to come up here. And there's no cheese on the burger because <laughs> it's dairy. And I was like, oh, Jesus said this doesn't matter. You know? And the waitress was like, shh. <laughs> she was not Jewish. She was from a, another country there living. Shh, sir, don't, don't talk so loud. <laughs> and I didn't mean anything by it. I was just being funny. But I look at this, and I know people wonder, how do you command someone to love? Because it says you will love God. And my response to that is, you can because God has loved you first. He just loves you. And in that, you can respond. And the second part that Jesus ties from Leviticus is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, you've studied the scriptures, you know before uh, he leaves this earth and ascends, he will tell his followers not as you love yourself, but as I have loved you, will you love others? So he'll up the game. But um, some people cannot understand this commandment of God because they cannot distinguish between self-love, which is good, and selfishness, which is different. We understand that self-love or appreciation of one's own worth is the beginning of a great kind of love, a love in which you can love others, not because it's warm and fuzzy feeling, but because. And more than that, you can love God greater. My friends, when one is able to diminish one's own self-hate and self-deprecation, what? that person is likely to stop hating themselves. And in that, to stop hating others. My friends, I don't have to tell you, the pharmaceutical company makes billions of dollars. 
There is mental illness and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people, folks who have not learned to love themselves properly. The appropriate love of self and for others will enable us to love God more intensely. My friends, there were two spiritual writers of late who support this view. They wrote, one of the hallmarks of authentic spiritual and psychological growth is an increase in one's ability to accept and lovingly embrace all of what one is. In other words, what they are saying that if we can get past the challenging task of accepting our human condition with its human imperfections and learn to love ourselves the way, the way God loves us, we will have more freedom, more ability to embrace Jesus' interpretations of the greatest of the commandments. So my friends, is it any wonder that God has made it a commandment for you to love, including yourself? We need to remember that God has made us in his own likeness. This is how God has made us in all of our humanness. My friends, God does not make garbage. So no human person is that. No human person is that. I recall uh, what God said after creating in Genesis, Adam and Eve, and he said, it is very good. And you know, my sense of humor, I was like, see, see, even God says that. Even God has that kind of love for himself. You see, in my head, I'm like, God says, look, I did good. Of course, the Son and the Holy Spirit's with him, so he's not by himself. But, uh, and I joke, but on the other hand, you see what I'm talking about. There is a, that type of goodness that says, I am good. I am good. That better be Jesus calling. <laughs> My friends, love is the motiv motivating force. St. John tells us that God is simply love. That's what he is. That's what he does. The gospel of Jesus Christ, because he is the son of God, God, then it must be a gospel of love. Jesus elsewhere in the gospels will say, love one another as I have loved you. And to paraphrase Jesus, love as your heavenly father has loved you. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Jesus' answers were not categorical either. They were, he, he's trying to get us to understand. His two commandments enumerate and encapsulate and summarize the totality of the laws and the prophets. Jesus underlines that it is love which gives value to all that we do for God and for others. There are more than 613 laws in the Old Testament and commandments found in the scriptures, the Old Testament and New Testament combined. And my friends, in Jesus' time, the majority of people were illiterate. They could not read. So how were they expected to understand the laws? And this is why Jesus had such tension with the Pharisees and scribes, because they were the ones that held the key 
to interpret and to deliver to the people. And Jesus said they were messing around with it. They were lying and withholding. So Jesus made it simple. Love God and do good to others. Do this and you will fulfill the laws. Why couldn't the Pharisees and scribes just say it? In order to understand fully the spirit of the laws and their meetings, and more importantly, how to live our lives accordingly to the precepts, we are being asked to view everything through the lens of love. Throughout sacred scriptures and our own tradition, we are assured that if we do this, you will find God. People say, I don't know where God is. I don't feel him. Do this, what he tells you. You will encounter Christ on that journey. You will come to feel him and know him. Friends, the because the other thing is, okay, Father, how am I supposed to love my enemy? Well, you don't have to take him out for a burger. That's, you don't have to do that. But there is, if you will, a weapon that you can use. I'm being deliberate with this word. You can pray. You can pray for your enemy and for others. Because in doing so, you fulfill both of those laws at the same time. And when I say pray, I don't mean calling down condemnation on someone, asking God to give your enemy what they need, not what they deserve. That's, that's even beyond judgment. It's condemnation. Ask God to give your enemy and your neighbors and your friends what they need. In doing this, you put your faith in God. You know what they need, Father. Give them what they need then. And because you're talking to him, your faith should be growing. And you're talking and expressing to him faith and confidence in his goodness and in his mercy and in his love. And then we show our love for our neighbor and for our enemy by caring enough to talk to God about them and asking God to intercede. Friends, when I look at these and when we really break it down, here in our parish, we, a new ministry had started, living a better life. And this ministry focuses not only on the soul and the spirit, but also on the mind and body. Because while we walk on this earth, we're a bag of bones and flesh, and we've got to deal with the flesh, too. Perhaps a better way to understand what Jesus is saying with, by pulling these two commandments together, for God so loved us, is what John says, for God so loved us that he gave everything, even his son. So God loves you generously. I've told you this for nine years in different ways. When I look at this and what Jesus has done, with these, and he's, what he's talking about his Father, to me, it seems as if God is saying, I love you. Will you love me back? The way I love you, 
generously. And I also believe God is asking, will you love others the way that I love them? Generously. And even further, because of the Leviticus one, love your neighbor as yourself. I believe God is asking, will you love yourselves the way that I love you? Generously. Will you see yourselves the way that I see you? Having great value and dignity and worth and deserving of love. My friends, last night I, I shared a piece of my life with people. I don't share too much unless I think it has importance to the scriptures. And I told them 10 years ago, I got on this thing, sometimes I get on a binge prayer where I won't let it go. So I started praying and I asked God, I want to see through your eyes. I want to see what you see. I kept it up for just about 45 days. Now, I don't get to see my guardian angel. Some, some of us Christians get to see our guardian angel. Some of them can hear them. Those are all great. I don't get that. Now, when I talk about my guardian angel, it's a feeling on the heart. And as I got closer and got tired of praying this prayer, I could almost see my guardian angel. Mm, 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 mm. Wrong prayer. Wrong prayer. Move on. <laughs> I get no a lot from God. <laughs> I think I get no a lot from God because he wants me to pray more because I don't pray enough. <laughs> of course, a text would be nice. <laughs> Just a text saying you're not praying enough. But like that ever works with anybody. So my friends, why? Because if we could see ourselves the way God sees us, we would learn to love ourselves. We would change. The world would change. We would stop treating people with such hatred, including ourselves. Wars would decline. Violence would change. Suicide levels would drop. If we could just see ourselves the way the Father sees us, with love. One day, perhaps. One day.